Turning Point Coaching and Consulting presents Kairos Conversations, Connecting with Quality, the podcast. Kairos is Greek for the right time, the right season, and the right opportunity. This podcast features healthcare quality professionals who share their journeys, their advice, their struggles, how they made that transition into a new and exciting role. My heart's desire is that you find this podcast to be inspirational to you as you make your own journey. Don't forget to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends and rate us on whichever podcast platform you listen to. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Tarika Wheeler. If you did not tune into the last episode, I would highly recommend going back to listen to that one. To recap briefly, I am talking with Tarika Wheeler, a project management executive and career and work-life strategist. In part one, Tarika shared her healthcare journey and work in a trauma hospital, working as an injury prevention specialist with children. We chatted about health equity and the challenges of access to care. Tarika also shared about the PMP certification and whether or not you should get it. In part two of our conversation, we dive deep into work-life harmony, what it is, what it's not, and how to find it in your next role. Enjoy. I want to switch gears a little bit because a lot of my audience are clinicians. They're trying to make a pivot outside of patient care. Uh-huh. Still want to use their clinical expertise, um, but are really looking at roles that will provide them that work-life harmony. Yeah. Right? And people call it balance. I know you call it harmony, so maybe you can explain, but they're they're really looking not just for another job. They're looking for something that's going to work with the totality of their life and the other things that they have going on, whether that's family or recreation or whatever that looks like, travel. So can you explain more about work-life harmony and how people can look for that in the next role? How do they find that? Yeah, that's, oh my gosh, that's an amazing question. So there's a big difference between work-life balance and work-life harmony. One of the the biggest fundamental differences is just the word balance and harmony, right? So let's break that apart. When you think about balance, you think about trying to make something have equal energy or equal parts, right? You're trying to split something down the middle. I like to think of the childhood game Jenga. I don't know if you guys have ever played Jenga before. All the little blocks and they stack up on each other and you are playing a game with everybody and you're trying to strategically pull these little pieces out without them falling over, right? right? And I see that as a game of balance because eventually what happens? It's going to fall apart and you are trying to make it work. You're pulling out these pieces and you're trying to make these different areas of life work. You're trying to balance it all, but eventually it's going to fall, right? Whereas if you're building a traditional puzzle and you're building a traditional puzzle on a strong foundation and that strong foundation, I would say, is your core values. What are the things that mean the most to you? What are the things that are most important to you? You're building that puzzle on top of a strong foundation. And those puzzle pieces all have a place. They all connect and have a place in a very specific way. That to me is how we're approaching work-life harmony because everything is integrated, right? And working together. The pieces are not the same sizes. They have all different types of cuts and edges and 
that's where our life is, right? We've got our health and our wellness. We have our leisure. We have our finances. We have our relationships. We have our careers, our businesses, our spirituality, all these various different areas within our lives. And they're like little puzzle pieces. But the way you achieve harmony is that you recognize that you have each one of these areas in your life, very dynamic life that you are living. And you have to give different levels of energy and time to them. You have to be able to be present in the moment instead of just trying to balance between your work and your personal lives. I like to tell my clients, quite frankly, Brandy, is that you have one life. So I don't know what your personal life is and your professional life is because, or your work life and your personal life. How does that work? You've got to have a single life and you have professional and personal activities. Right. It's an elusive thought that you can truly achieve that type of balance. You just cannot split yourself down the middle and you shouldn't want to. When you're at work, you should be able to be at work and be present and be your best and unique self. But when your mom or your dad or your caregiver or you're just taking care of self, you should be able to be present in that moment and give the best of yourself there. And you should not feel that you're having to compete and battle with your career and your work life, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do that. You should be able to clearly identify the times within this lovely 24-hour day that you are giving attention and energy and resources and being present in each different area of your life. So that's work-life harmony, or some even refer to it as work-life integration. And I think you asked a great question of, so how do I find that? <laughs> I'm looking for a job. What questions do I ask? How do I know that that's what I can receive from this next job that I'm looking looking to interview at? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things. Before we even start a job search, and, and this is so important for people to understand, you've got to get crystal clear about what it is you want in life. When you start to do a job search and you are unclear about what you actually want, that job search is going to be painful. Okay, it's not those in the back. I'm going to say it again for those in the back. You have got to not, you don't start with throwing yourself into LinkedIn and Indeed and all these job boards and starting to reach out to people and let everybody know that you're looking. That is not the beginning of a strategic job search. You have got to use that as a time to step back and reflect and say, what in the heck do I really want in life? If I'm at this moment where I can make a change or a pivot, right? If you're, if you're, if you are so fortunate to choose when you are looking for a new role, right? You're making the choice. We're not experiencing a layoff. I think that's a different strategy. But when you have the ability to choose and you can plan your exit strategy from your current role because you want to make a pivot, the very first thing that you need to do is figure out what it is you want in life. And notice I did not say what it is you want in your career. What is it that you want in life? Because you got to have a bigger vision for where it is you want to be. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in 20 years? And then as you start to develop goals, especially your career goals, they need to serve the vision. If they don't serve the vision, then we're going to not be in alignment and you're going to likely experience the same type of challenges or burnout or, you know, whatever it is that's causing you to want to do this pivot, you're going to experience it again because you haven't taken the time to understand where it is you want to go. Once you understand where you want to go, I need you to understand, well, what's most important to me? What are my core values? What are non-negotiables for me? At this time in my life, at this time in my career, what are things that are like, they are non-negotiable, I will or will not, right? It tolerate them moving forward, or they're things that I want to have more of in my life. 
What does that look like? Then once you have a clear picture about where you're going, and once you understand your core values and you put that together, it's going to start to shape where you want to go and where you don't want to go. Right. This is so good. This is so good. So it's like a long-term plan. Uh-huh. That long-term plan can change. Absolutely. It can evolve, but it is always grounded in what you desire. Right. So I, I truly believe that we should be able to have the desires of our hearts. Right. I believe that wholeheartedly. However, comma, we can't just throw that out in the wind and not be strategic about planning where we're going. If you know that you are currently working and I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to use nurse for the for the for the example. You know that you're currently a nurse. You're awake, working three to four, 12 hour shifts a week, oftentimes being asked to come in and pick up an extra eight hour shift on the weekend. You are perhaps a working parent. So you have you know, kids that are at home or you're a caregiver for a loved one, whatever it may be, your time is precious. And you may feel like, you know what? While I've been doing this for a while and I have my, you know, my BSN or whatever, you know, level that you've been able to matriculate to in your career, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, great. You're able to make that choice to say, you don't want to do that anymore. Well, what is it that you want to do? What is it, what is it, what is it that you aspire to do? What also gets you excited outside of bedside care? What are things within the healthcare system that really gets you excited? I wish I could spend more time in this side or this space of healthcare. Or you may say, you know what? I'm done with healthcare altogether. Okay, great. Well, what are the things that really excite you? What are your hobbies? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? You've got to take yourself through that type of an assessment in order to really be strategic about what you look for next. And I'll tell you, I'm saying it like it's easy. It's not easy. I work with clients like this with all this kind of stuff all the time because just defining your vision and then understanding your core values, understanding your skill set and your transferable skills and what I refer to as your professional DNA, your defined natural abilities to succeed, that's hard work. But once you have it, it's like a cute little present with a bow on it because it's going to help you transition to where it is you want to go, right? And I think you'll start to see, well, what are some of the core values and missions of other organizations that are focused in healthcare? Do I want to work in healthcare in the nonprofit space? Do I want to work in healthcare, but work perhaps on the supply chain side of it? Do I want to help work in healthcare, but perhaps work on the pharmaceutical side of it? There are so many places and things that you can do to transition and not be at the bedside if that's not where you desire to be. Even within the hospital itself, do you want to work more in administration? Do you want to help drive policy? Do you want to help shape the way the workforce in the hospital is operating? Which space do you want to be in? And and when you take the time to step back and reflect on that, it's going to help you do a much more strategic job search. Why? Because you're not just like a needle in a haystack. You actually have a good path of thinking about where I might want to go. I love, that's why I love the work that you do, Tarika, because a lot of times when I'm talking to clients for the first time or doing a consultation call, they will tell me, I want to find anything that's remote. I just want flexibility. I just want something remote. And I I start having this conversation. Well, you need to look at something more than just remote. What do you love to do? Yeah. What would light you up? What are you good at doing? 
Because mm-hmm. if you just find a remote role, doesn't mean flexibility. You could be tied to that screen, have to clock in and out and have a productivity and everything just like a clinical job, right? Mm-hmm. The remote does not equal flexibility. So you have to really look a lot deeper and it does take time, but oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Like you said, it sounds easy. It's not easy, but the time invested in that process pays dividends into the future. Absolutely. And think about it from a clinical perspective. Think about the the patient care plan, right? That is very clear about what the you know prognosis and diagnosis is for this patient. What is the treatment plan? When are they getting their meds? What, why, why are they getting these meds? Sometimes their meds may change, right? Like there's so many steps in patient care. There are a lot of steps in career development. There's a lot of steps in career development. Think about your career as the patient. What type of outcome is it that you want your career to have? Just like what is the outcome that you would want your patient to have? You've got to nurture that process and be strategic and meticulous about it as well. No different from, I mean, their whole patient safety initiatives around reducing errors and med errors that are happening in hospitals. Think about your career. Like you don't want to hit those errors. You don't want those med areas. You don't want to have to always put in a contingency plan because something might go wrong because I don't know anything about this company. I just know that they got a remote job and they say that they want someone with a clinical background and I'm tired of working bedside, so I'm going to take it. And then you get into a job that is not aligned with your core values. You are working twice as hard of what you were doing before and you've yet to achieve any of the goals that you had. Actually, you may have made it worse. All because you didn't take the time to actually build that career plan, right? There's so many synergies and, and direct correlations between working in healthcare and taking care of your career. There's so many because it, you you have to treat it like the outcome that you want to get, right? You you, you truly do. And if you don't, you're going to find that, guess what? That prognosis is not going to be so hot. You're not going to like the outcomes at the end of it because you were actually not taking care of and treating your career with the care that it needed. Absolutely. Was it Stephen Covey that said, begin with the end in mind? Yes. Yep. So that's that just made me think of that when you said that begin with the end in mind, because if you just start going along this path, you may end up somewhere you don't desire to be. Absolutely. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Hi, friend. Are you listening to this podcast wondering how you can start your own journey into healthcare quality? Or maybe you've already started, but you're hitting some roadblocks and getting stuck at the application process. Well, my friend, I've got a free resource for you. After you finish listening to this episode, head on over to my website and grab the ebook, Top Three Mistakes Clinicians Make When Transitioning into a Non-Clinical Role. The link will be in the show notes section. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. How do you help people, Tarika? How do you help your your clients, your audience with bridging that gap to find work-life harmony and to build this career strategic career plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a um there's an author, uh her name is Marie uh, Forleo. She has a book called Everything is Figured Outable, right? And one of the things she says in her books is she says that our brains tend to reinforce what we already believe. And I don't think we give our brains, our subconscious mind at that enough credit. 
for how strong it really is. And it's our deep-seated thoughts and our mindsets that actually drive what we do. Our, Our patterns and our behaviors and our actions are oftentimes deeply seated within our subconscious mind because it's influencing what we're doing every single day. I work with my clients to tap into that. Like we don't need to start with a job search. We don't need to start with looking at your resume. We don't need to start with brushing up your LinkedIn. We don't like that is sessions down the road. We first have to get your, what do they say? Get your mind right. We first have to tap into your mindset. And what is it that you are telling yourself every single day? directly or indirectly, consciously or subconsciously, what is it that you're saying to yourself every Mm -hmm. single day, right? And it's that shift that has to happen first before you can, and do that deep-seated work, before you can jump into developing your vision and developing your goals and developing strategies and action plans to do that. Like, I love to do that work with clients, but where I always like to start so that that is very productive and effective is with their mindset. Because you are truly, like your brain is reinforcing what you believe. If you believe that I'm tired, I'm I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I just, I just got to do something different. I just want to, I just want to go remote. Then guess what? You're going to get that exact result because you're telling yourself that you need to make a, a, a rash change and shift without really doing any research, without tapping into the why and what you really need. But when you shift your thinking and you say, it's time for me to make a pivot because this role no longer serves me. That reframe is so different and it does something different than the way that we are thinking and our mindset shifts. You say, oh, I need to make more money. Then what's going to drive your 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 search? Increased income versus looking at, well, I want to have an increase in my influence and in my impact and in my income, right? And I want to do so, but I don't want to do that at the bedside anymore. I'm really interested in more of an administrative role. Actually, I'm kind of interested in like pharmacology a bit. Like i I want to be able to influence how drugs are coming to market. So perhaps you go look for a federal job and work for the FDA. They're looking for SMEs all the time. They're looking for subject matter experts all the time. Perhaps you go work for a pharmaceutical company who are always looking for healthcare professionals to come in and support the work that they are doing. Perhaps you go into a project management and you are managing healthcare initiatives within a corporation or within a um, a manufacturer, right? Whatever it may be, the sky's the limit. But until you reframe your thinking and put it to be in a more positive light, your mindset is going to detour the track you want to go. Well, so you that's where you, can, I start. you think you can't, you're right. That's right. That's it. So I can't, I can't do this anymore. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But when you say, I, I, I don't desire to do this anymore because it no longer serves me, that's a different ball game. Right. You are you are training your brain that I deserve to do something different. So I'm going to use my energy in a positive way to get to that something different. But when negativity or anxiety or stress is driving and that's at the front and that's what's sitting in this subconscious mind, you're going to potentially be in the same place or same outcomes, different company. 
right? Same outcome, different position, different title, all because you didn't take yourself through those processes. So I always like to start with mindset. And then from mindset, I like to talk about vision. So again, not career, big picture. Where do you want to, 10 years, 20 years from now, where do you want to live? How do you want to feel? What do you want? What do you not want anymore? What do you want for yourself? What do you want for your relationships? What do you want for your children? Like, what is it that you're ultimately trying to achieve? Because we are not on this planet to just work. And what you do every single day, right? Let me say it again for the people in the back. You're not on this planet to just work. Amen, yes. It's not why you're here. It's a part of you being here. It's an opportunity for you to support and to serve and to contribute to you know, the way that our world operates and you are, the work that you're doing, especially healthcare professionals, like you are an intricate part of the society, right? Period. Like you are keeping people's minds and bodies well. That's incredible. That's incredible. I have so much respect for those who work in healthcare and especially those who are providing direct patient care because you are keeping life on this planet. That's amazing. But be very, very clear. You can do that in a lot of different ways. It does. I, I know so many people who stay in roles because they feel like, well, I'm giving up. I'm, 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 I'm letting people down. I'm letting the patients down. I'm letting families down. I'm letting the hospital down. And this is where you have to think as we talk about work-life harmony, you got to think about yourself and what you're, you can't give the best of yourself if you don't feel your best. You may think that you are, but if you cannot give the best of yourself, if you are not at your best. And so this role that you're in right now might not be where you need to be. But if you're going to make that pivot and that change, let's be strategic about it. So we're going to talk about vision and where you want to be big picture, because what you do every single day, you need to do what love, do what you love so you can love what you do right every day. And then we talk about the goals and the strategies to get there and how can you really break those apart into very small Um, actionable goals so that you can really track your progress and help build your confidence in whatever that path may be. And I always tell my clients, like, first of all, you're not going to have five career goals. That makes zero sense because your life is not just your job. It's not. I know your performance review, you had to have four or five goals. Got it. All of those had to do with work. But for you and your life, your career goal, maybe you have two, maybe sometimes one. Because that goal is probably going to get unpacked into smaller goals. But you have so many other areas of your life that you need to be setting targets to achieve so that you can take care of your whole self. Right. So we kind of work the nail through, on the head. Yeah. We got to work through that. And ah, that's some of the work. And then, you know, I do work on like personal branding because it's like, okay, well, once you decide where you want to be and what you want to do and you get the job, how are you showing up every day? <laughs> so what does that look like? Right. <laughs> How are you showing up every day? How are we growing? How are we how are we delivering value, right? How are we not just coming in and and working and leaving and keeping our heads down and expecting, well, I've been here two years. Why don't I have a promotion? Well, first of all, what have you been delivering outside of what's in that job description or have you even been delivering that, right? So that that's a whole nother conversation that a lot of times people get caught up in not having the ability to articulate or even understand how to build a personal brand. Once they get into a career that they want to, you know, really be in, but it's it's not, yeah, you know, Brandy. This is this is not easy work. I mean, I, I'm a, outside of my business. I'm still operating in a nine to five in that space, and it's it's not easy. Job search is not easy. You know, looking for the next 
place that you're going to spend anywhere from eight to 12 hours of your day. It's not easy. It's not easy. That's why I love what you said about doing work that matters and, 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 living a life on purpose. We were, we were created for a purpose. We're on earth for a purpose. Yeah. And we have to know what purpose we're walking towards because it all fits in together. You're right. It's not my professional life, my personal life, my married life, my children's life, my, your, your, Mm -hmm. your whole 360 degree human. Right. And, um, it all plays together, but I don't want to end this podcast without talking about your, your podcast. <laughs> um, tell the audience a little bit about that because I have listened to your podcast myself and have learned so much from it. So I'm sure my audience would benefit from it too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super excited. You know, we're in season four of the podcast and we actually did a little bit of a pivot. So for seasons one, two, three, the podcast was the professional DNA podcast. And the whole premise is, you know, you have everything inside of you to be your best and your unique self. And that's your professional DNA, your defined natural abilities to succeed, like your defined natural abilities to kick butt because it's it's already there, right? What makes you great? Like they, you hear people say you have greatness in your DNA. You absolutely do. But like, what is that? What makes you great? What do you just do so naturally? And after really just sitting and kind of thinking about where I wanted to take season four of the podcast, I changed the name a little bit. And I have now being the the host of the DNA of a professional. And the reason I flipped it is because I I heard honestly a lot from like listeners, um, from my team, from family, from colleagues. You know, I can always explain the professional DNA to them. But if I say the DNA of a professional, it's like clicks and it's like, oh, what am I made of? What's inside of me? What's in my DNA, right? That's related to me being a professional. So I made that switch and I'm super excited. It's been a great season. It's on all major podcast platforms. And I was really excited also to transition to be both audio and video. So I definitely encourage folks to tap in and listen, add this to, uh, you are already clearly subscribing to an amazing podcast because you're here and you're listening, but I would love to share with you my podcast as well. And so you can go to any of the platforms and take a listen and also go to the DNA of a professional podcast on YouTube and take a look there and see. Um, Sometimes I have guests, but sometimes it's really just me. And again, the whole idea is to liberate and educate and empower professionals to really look inside of themselves. And we tackle some tough topics. We we, we do. We tackle things that are happening in the workplace, but we also tackle things that are very unique and to the, to the individual. And I really challenge you, challenge the status quo, but like challenge you to think differently about how you're going to not just grow as a professional, but as a person, as an individual. So definitely encourage folks to tap into uh, the podcast and leave me a review. Tell me what you think. I love to, I love to field questions and then answer those questions on the podcast um, for sure. So you can definitely send me an email and make sure that uh, you've got that information like here in the show notes. And um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love for you guys to tap in. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm definitely going to link the podcast in the show notes as well as how people can reach out to you on LinkedIn yes. and your website. So you can definitely connect with Tarika. And I would highly, highly recommend listening to her podcast. Um, she has so many great episodes. The ones that resonate with me the most have been on 
branding, personal branding, professional branding, but you can listen to any or all of the episodes. They are all great. Um, So before we end, are there any parting words that you'd like to leave with the audience? You know, I was thinking about that. I feel like that's like, you know, like the big question that's always at the end um, when I go on podcasts. And this conversation has been awesome. So thank you so much for creating this space for your audience and your listeners who are in the healthcare field in space and really seeking ways to grow and advance and pivot and, you know, all they like. So um, I just commend you for for doing that and then really carving out a unique space for your community. I think the thing that I want to share is it's two things. One is that know that you are worthy and you are valued. And sometimes working in healthcare could be a thankless job. Um, The expectation is that I come in, you treat me, you release me, I come in, you do my test, you see me, or perhaps you're not bedside at all and you're working in an administrative or corporate capacity and you don't really get a thank you at all. And it's just because that's that's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do. And I want you to know that you are worthy of everything that you truly desire and that what you are doing every single day keeps this world populated with human beings. Like you are caring for lives. You're saving lives. You're improving lives every single day. And you are valued even when people don't tell you. That's the one thing, because I don't want you to forget that. Because sometimes I feel like people want to pivot out of the world or take a, do a job change because they don't feel that they're valued. And it's different in healthcare than it is perhaps in corporate America, where the, the engagement and the interaction or someone valuing what you bring to the table looks and feels different. But those who might value you, you know, it's a revolving door of patients. You have a different patient list every single day maybe in patient satisfaction scores, but that's so different because that's not specific to you. So I get that and understand that. And I want you to know from someone who has a ton of colleagues and friends who are working in healthcare and working particularly in direct patient care, that you are worthy and you are so valued. And then the second thing that I would say is that you can choose to change. You can choose to change. The whole idea of making a choice is something that should not be or feel like a barrier to the success that you desire. Choosing to make a change should not fill you with anxiety, should not fill you with this idea that you don't deserve to move forward. You can choose to change and that's okay. Everybody may not like your choice and that's okay too. Because it's a very personal choice to make. And when you are seeking to make a change, it should be driven by what is most important to you deep inside. And so I want you to know that. Choose you. It's okay to choose you. And you can choose to change. It's okay. It's okay to make that pivot. It's okay to want to do something different. It's okay to want to explore. You can choose to change. And I hope that that is freeing someone who's listening right now. I hope that that is liberating you to think differently about your career, that you don't have to change tomorrow. But if you know you need to do something different, you can make a choice. You can choose to change. I just love that. That just touched my heart in a special way right now. So just, I mean, that's just a fabulous way to not only end this episode, but to kick off season two of this podcast. So thank you so much for joining me. I have 
Really, really, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. And I can't wait to keep listening. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It would mean a lot if you would share this episode with a friend or a colleague. I would be honored to encourage them in their journey too.